Welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Desiree Martins. Every week, I'm going to be showing up in your earbuds to inspire you on your YouTube journey with killer interviews with women YouTube creators, deep dives into the inner workings of how YouTube works, and discussing all the things about YouTube culture and the impact it is having on our world. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with VidIQ, where they help you maximize your videos to YouTube reach by studying titles, descriptions, tags, and playlists relevant to your subject matter, while also studying your competitors to help you know exactly what you should be doing for your YouTube growth. So if you're a female creator looking to grow your channel, level up your content, and learn from the best women creators on the platform to get you on your way to YouTube success and future-proofing your income, this is the perfect place for you. Let's do this. I am so excited because we're going to we're going to be dropping the legal tea today from the lawyer for creators Brittany. What's up Brittany? Welcome to the pod. Thank you, Desiree. So great to be here. All right. Per Yosh, tell us like what do you create on the internet and why is it like necessary to happen? Yeah, 100%. So I'm a lawyer for creators, um, attorney, and I create legal content. Um, so my niche is really helping creative people with what they want to accomplish, building like that legal infrastructure so that they can uh, keep themselves legally legit and out of hot water. So we can keep the tea uh, and the drama on our favorite reality shows and out of our businesses and out of our lives. So um, mostly I've created on Instagram. That's where I kind of started and grew my audience and following. Um, and I'm, so I am a newbie uh, to YouTube as a creator. Like I just have a baby channel, but I've been serving creators, um, including uh, creators on YouTube for years and years. And so um, for me, I, I just love being in this niche because um, most of my clients are women, which I love. Um, and I get to help them really build the infrastructure so they can achieve their dreams creatively and in their business. Why is it that the legal space is so necessary in the creator economy? Like, what is it that you, let's just start with that question. Why is it so necessary? Right. Um, because a lot of what we're dealing with the creator economy and how what we monetize and our art and the mixture of art meeting business is intellectual property. Um, in fact, for a lot of my clients, that is their main asset, their only asset that they now turn into different revenue streams. And so legal is a really important tool in understanding and setting up business boundaries so that we can protect our own work. We can turn that into licensing and different revenue streams and expand our personal brands beyond maybe just a platform and maybe just a tag or a channel. Um, and then get ready for bigger and better projects, right? More exciting things like book deals, like thought leadership, like uh, over the top streaming, like merchandise, um, you know, all kinds of other opportunities that might come along. Um, and that's where I really love to help people is what do we need to get set up so that all those other things um, can happen. But for those to be good opportunities and for us to be able to be um, respected and to be able to advocate for ourselves and get the pricing that we need to be sustainable, we have to make sure that our legal ducks are in a row, right? That we've like built the secure foundation for ourselves and then in our position to really, um, you know, to have other people treat us professionally because we've set the standard of how we need to be treated. I absolutely love that. And it's so necessary. What do you think are the biggest mistakes you're seeing creators make when it comes to like, the bad legal moves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I usually start and say that like, first off the bat is uh, not treating it like a business. And what does that mean? It means if you have started some sort of content creation, especially, you know, if you're on YouTube, short form or long term, um, and your plan is to make money, right? Or you're already making money. Great. Congrats. 
this is a business. So we need to start putting on that business CEO hat um, and start stop using little words like it's just a little video. It's just a little channel. It's just a little or or whatnot, like quit that small talk. It's not serving us um, and putting on that business hat, which means that we need to set up an LLC. Right. I talk about uh, setting up three different areas. Foundation legit which is like the legal entity, right? We set up an LLC, we keep our money separate, we have a separate business bank account, we have separate payment processing. Um, we keep things, you know, business money goes into an account, business money goes out of an account. And that's really important for lots of different reasons, both for state and federal law, for taxation, for preserving our asset protection law. Um, and then kind of the next level is getting people legit. And this means that we are um, putting really clear expectations and boundaries on all the different people that are going to help us in our business. And this means team members, vendors, clients and customers, affiliates, um, people, collab partners, whatever this, this, these circles might grow and expand as our revenue does and our, and our different kind of modes that we make money, which is awesome. That's a great problem to have, but it's really important to have real contracts protecting these relationships um, for when things go right and when things go wrong. And a good contract will lay out what will happen in both scenarios. Um, and then the last step is really getting brand legit. And this is where we go into more specific intellectual property tools. And we make sure that what are the tools and stuff that we can protect, um, copyright and trademark specifically, and then kind of contract and trade secret law for kind of the catch-all. And then what is the stuff we need to let go of? Um, and there's a healthy amount of that as part of the creator economy. And that's okay. Um, and we need to be in a good place where we know what we can focus on, but we'll have to like bless and release that they're copying this or they're being inspired by this. Or they're trying to rip off my business, but I've also protected what I need to. And I haven't been flippant with using the tools that are at my disposal. Oh, wow. That's um, like, I know that it's a little... <sighs> little common but it's, it's still important to hear like the whole like separating things out i always thought like since the beginning like one of the most scariest things i ever had heard was that if i don't set up an llc to um separate my business from me as a person even though me as an individual like a solo a solopreneur for the most part right and all this space if i don't do that they can come after my life, not yeah. just my business. Yeah. If and you... that to me was so scary to hear. Like, like I obviously when I started my business, like in 2010, I was just like 25 year old, like hot mess. But at the same time, it was still like, I mean, I didn't have a lot, but it's still scary. Like, I don't want them to come for my car or like my personal. What, what you might own or... with a spouse or a partner, your 401k, what's in the, you know, the equity in your home. Yeah. Um, an LLC, you know, short explainer uh, is, it's a fence between your personal money and your business money. Um, and it is usually an investment that is well worth it. In most states, it's about a hundred to 200 bucks to set up an LLC, full stop. Yeah. Unless you're in California and it's more expensive there because of your state's lovely franchise tax. But to think that like, oh, for 200 bucks, you mean I put up a fence in between so that if anything goes wrong in my business, like legal, you know, litigation sucks and a judgment would suck and whatever, that would be its own pain. But the worst case scenario is it stays in here in this business. And so they can only get in the money that's in the business account. They can only get at the business assets because you put up a fence and all of the personal money is outside of that. It's off the table. Um, and it's a really, really important thing to set up. And a lot of people mistake that and think that if they filed a DBA or if they've uh, bought the domain, or if they set up a social media handle, or done lots of other activities that they set up an LLC, 
Um, and the reality is, is they have it. This is something you have to do with your state. And, and I used to do a lot of these for people. And now I have some digital resources to, to teach people how to do it because um, it's, it's a lot of people, it's cost prohibitive, right? And a local attorney might charge you a lot for it. And it's not that it's that hard. It's just kind of some weird government website stuff, right? You know, if you, if you like hanging out on 90s designs website, well, I've got a treat for you if you're going to go on and register your LLC. Um, so now I have a course that teaches people how to get all this stuff set up um, so they can, they can do it for their own and right and really be empowered to know like what's going on in my business and if I move, how am I going to do that and how do I make sure I renew it every year and all of that jazz. I just, I just look, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but did you know that YouTube is the world's second biggest search engine? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but that's why every creator truly needs to be using vidIQ to grow their YouTube channel. vidIQ's tech helps you tailor your video ideas to match what people are searching for right now on YouTube. And once you're ready to upload, well, it starts optimizing and getting you all the details that you need to make sure your videos are getting noticed. If you really want to dive in more and get started for free, please head over to the women of youtube.com forward slash vidIQ to get started on this YouTube channel changing tool that is going to make things so much easier for you. All right, let's get back to it. Okay. So we've talked a lot about legal stuff. And I think it's great information for our listeners to have. I want to learn more about you as an individual. What led you to wanting to help creators through the law? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really was. Um, I'm, I'm descended. I'm, I have creators in my family. My mom is a costume designer. I have a sister who designs wedding dresses and my other sister's an opera singer. And so I grew up in a very creative household um, where we love to create and storytell and the visual arts and sewing arts and whatnot. Um, and then I have a, a, a healthy mix. My dad did uh, mergers and acquisition work. He was a, a master negotiator and a deal maker. And so when I went to law school, I thought that I was, um, I felt really felt like I was called and I was going to end up helping women and children, maybe in nonprofit advocacy work. And I did do that for a few years and had some experience and learned some great lessons. Um, but I also uh, felt this calling and I really started um, having a shift and pivot in my practice when my youngest kid um, uh, was born. And he actually just celebrated his seventh birthday yesterday. Um, and I felt like I was supposed to really help people in my community that were mommy bloggers. Um, and these were some of the first influencers, um, and especially where I lived, which was in Provo and Utah at the time, which had a huge influx of mommy bloggers and women who were really talented, good storytellers, were like everyone's best friend of recommended stuff and they were starting to make real money and get real contracts for deals and some of the first influencer marketing deals um, that were coming on the scene and none of them knew how to handle the legal side of this right they needed to set up llc's they didn't know how to review or redline these contracts and they would be like brit you're a lawyer i know you don't do this but and so it was work i fell into accidentally um and then it grew from there as i realized well, this is a huge group of really talented online entrepreneurs that is not being served by traditional law firms right they don't they don't know about these businesses they don't understand these businesses they're like you're you make what from a food blog like you're, you're on the instagram like that seriously <laughs> real conversations of what people were seeing um when they visited like their dad's best friend, like his golfing buddy, who's some, you know, lovely white haired attorney, but had no clue um, how to understand and advise people who were making money online and making real money and planning on making more real money. Um, and so I really kind of discovered 
this whole online world and I fell in love with it and fell in love with how dynamic it is and challenging it is. Um, and also really saw how um, creatives and creators get uh, screwed, honestly, a lot because they don't have the tools um, and they're kind of priced out of getting a lot of legal advocacy and help and making sure that they're pricing themselves right. They're not getting screwed over in IP rights and their content. You know, people are, you know, doing licensing deals that no one would would sign if they knew what they were signing away. Right. Like, you know, exclusive in perpetuity and all of that jazz. Um, and so it, it was an area that I felt really strongly about. And I, I continue to be honored to be able to serve the creative community because I think art and education and entertainment and the intersection of that is so important. Um, and I love being able to help independent creatives and making sure that they get the information they need to be empowered, um, right, to run successful businesses where art meets business. So many layers, so many things. Okay, so what was it like choosing to become a creator around this yourself? Yeah, I mean, really challenging because I've I found I've just grown on my own and trying to find out really how do you do edutainment? And that's really like my niche that I do is I uh, most of my content obviously is educational because I'm trying to teach people, hey, how do you start and protect your businesses? Like, how do I make LLCs and EINs and a lot of other alphabet soup entertaining? And it's a really it's it's a challenge, right? Like there's people out there with unicorns and cute dogs and whatnot and, uh, you know, home remodels. And, and my stuff is never going to be as exciting as that. It never will. Like, I'm honest and I can admit that. But it's really important. Um, and so I have to kind of put on that creator storytelling hat of how do I mix important stuff and, and like do a spoonful of sugar. And so I use like a lot of pop culture. I'll do like a lot of hot attorney takes of like current news and what's going on. Um, you know, I'll try to draw in what and, and make sure I'm understanding and explaining things in the way that creators talk about this. And I don't get too deep down into jargon. And I think that's what a lot of lawyers are really bad at that is because we're trained to be very conservative, very traditional, very, and use a lot of legalese. And that doesn't help someone explain the options that they have, right? Um, you need to, you know, listen. And so I, I listen to Facebook groups and I read Reddit threads and I look at comments on posts um, to make sure that I'm describing problems the way that my audience is so that I can help be a true resource for them. So. Um, I feel like I need to, to, to pause for a moment because you said something that triggered me in a really positive way, okay. which was that you read Facebook groups. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I have a whole, like, a lot of feelings about the world's distaste for my beloved Facebook. Like I'm actually really like diving deep into this on my YouTube channel right now. Yeah. Why does Facebook work for you? Yeah. Facebook works because it's still where a lot of people just have like a historical account, right? Even if they're not active, they're there. And I think the groups on Facebook are still very important in terms of community. I, I think there's like, there's only a few other places that are trying to match um, what it's like to be in those communities and to have questions and answers and to have like moderation, which we all know has to be part of any healthy community strategy. So I, I love that. Like, it's funny because I have a video coming out talking about Facebook groups. It's just, it's just very validating for me. Like, this is like a very personal, like squee moment. Like, so thank you for that yeah. for sure. But uh, for <laughs> I think that it's so interesting to me, like how, what is the word? I want to say flaky because flaky is not your word. It's almost like fluttery. How like distracted the creator economy can get around stuff where like they just want to, they're so quick to like, like state that something is dead or not worthy or valuable anymore. Mm -hmm. And it started this idea that's like, just because something is new and shiny or like the young people are using it doesn't mean it's like the only thing that's out there. Right. You know, and I think that 
as a as a as an elder millennial myself, like it's just one of those things. It's like, like Facebook's the reason all this exists, y'all. Like this is right. this, they you, you need to it. give it some still some props and have some respect there. You know, I'm not yeah. saying that people can't and won't innovate, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't think you should be so flippant to like forget our, our roots and also like they're still historical. And like, yes, there's there's plenty of like you can make fun of like boomers on Facebook and like the shop and swap and people, you know, fishing for compliments and so much of like the culture that still pervades, but there, um, but it's also good to, you know, when, especially in social media, when we have apps, you know, and, and platforms that come and go for something to have that staying power demands for us at least to be open-minded and be curious as to why, why is it lasted? So. Yeah. And I think that people forget that like us old people have money. Right. Like they, they have money to spend, you know? Yeah. I, I have a, I have a, I have a mortgage and I have, I have cars and I have children. I have pets. Like I'm obviously like, a I'm your demographic. Like, like I've, I've I'm, I, yeah. It's like the hair flipping. Like, yeah, like yeah. I'm like an influencer's like dream. Like I have everything that everyone would want from this. Right. <laughs> like if I want to sprinkle an interracial family in some place that has four seasons and I'm set. Exactly. <laughs> I am there. I am your person. There, right? It's, sorry, that was a little random, and I hope I did not offend anybody with that no. sentiment. But it's just one of those things. It's like, I think it's so easy for us, like, to forget, like, where's the time? And and this also goes into like what you're talking about too, like lawyers for creators. Like, we have a lot of things that we have to pay attention to as creators, and each one has its own like, its own like pace and language, and I would think legal issues as well, like one of the biggest ones I think that a lot of us know about or don't know about is that. We as brands, as like LLC businesses, and we want to work with big brands and stuff, we're not allowed to use copyrighted music. But we out here just creating stuff, like there's no consequences because it's a trend. Right. And here's the thing. The the music and social media intersection is is weird and it's and you're not alone for feeling that way because the platforms are playing both sides they are saying to the music industry we will help your songs go viral let us know who's up and coming we will make it sexy we'll put it on the tiktok trends like i have people high up who who are in the intersection of music and talent and that's exactly the way it works and and people love that and on the other hand they're saying it but don't worry we will not let people get away and use your stuff so that your your licensing fees all disappear we're we're going to put in our terms that you can't use it for commercial use and yet people do all the time and they get away with it until there's a sweep until sony sues bang energy or they just sued ofra cosmetics in a 50 million dollar lawsuit a couple weeks ago saying you used a more than 100 videos that went viral and you posted them and you let your influencers post them and you didn't do a dang thing and we told you to stop and you blew us off so now we have now, now we have to tangle here and and make it real um, and it's because music licensing is still a significant part for a lot of labels of how of they make money. You know, like if you want to run it in a commercial, which is what an, a one minute reel is, what, a you know, um, you, you can't tell me otherwise, you've got to pay to play. Um, and I hope that the, you know, the royalty scheme and maybe smart contracts, you know, catches up. That's my goal is like, I would love to see a better way and easier way for people to buy sync licenses and for that all to happen. But there's a lot of infrastructure that happen, has to happen on social media versus music versus royalties um, for that to happen. But it's it's hard. So I just say in the meantime, you got to be really careful. And I, you should always have in the back of your mind, if this is a commercial use, if especially if someone is paying you for this, it's not worth it. Don't use trending music. Make sure you created that music or you get it from royalty free because you are putting your neck out and the brand might not catch it. The agency might not catch it, 
um, but you you could still be sued. And in fact, you could have uh, you can have contributory negligence and liability for your use of that music, which not fun, <laughs> not your idea of a good time. No, all of that sounds horrible and terrifying. And I'm very uninterested in all of that happening right. to me. <laughs> like just go to Soundstripe or, or AMP music or APM music and just like get licensed music. It's okay. It doesn't have okay. to be a trend to be good. Like yeah. people's obsession with tying like their success to training audio and stuff is just, it's hurting themselves. It's hurting their mindsets. Like you create great, con like create good content. Don't let like the trend be what does it. I feel like this was a big thing too around um, like with Barbie as well. Mm -hmm. Like everyone was like trying to tap the Barbie stuff. And I'm sure that like, there's another woman who's on the podcast, Rachel Brinke. She's like, don't do it. Don't say Barbie. Don't you? Yeah, Ra Rachel's a, a colleague of mine for sure. And yeah, I mean, a Barbie, like props to their marketing team, because I counted, you know, over 200 different licensing deals because I was really curious about it. So, I mean, like they, they, they won the year, like their team went out and got it done, but it's also a licensed trademark from a major brand that they've invested and protected. And here's the thing. It's not just Mattel that's going to get mad. It's all those people who paid for those rights. Do you think that they, you know, they paid for the cow? Do they, do you think that they want to see someone else use the milk for free? Absolutely not. So they, they will be completely ticked off at you, especially if it's a competitor. So. Yeah. It's so many things Like protect yourself by not using other people's stuff. You're creative, do the creative work. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So Talk to us about like where you are in your creator journey. Like, what are your goals? What are you working on next? Like, where are you going with what you're doing with your business and, or rather with your creator part of your business? And like, how are you merging being a lawyer and being a creator? Yeah. Um, great, great question. So I really have two sides of my business. So I have like a law firm where I'm people's lawyer, do traditional lawyering. Um, and I have a lot of creator clients, especially I have not more and more that are on YouTube, which is really fun because they're, you know, they have a mix in terms of their revenue streams. They're making like ad money, they're making sponsorship deals. Now they have merch. Some of them have their own um, physical products or digital products, right? So like, you know, Hope Scope and Not Enough Nelsons, um, Kids to Kids, those are all some of my YouTuber clients. Um, and, and that's really fun. Um, and I'm, you know, trying to build better systems and processes so I can serve my clients better. I can really make sure I'm providing good value. Um, I, I like like flat fee billing. I like using AI and the latest tech to make sure that I'm uh, you know, I'm, I'm being faster and more efficient in my ability to provide good legal services. Um, and that's my duty as a client. I mean, really, as, as a client service provider is to be doing a good job there. Um, and then on the other side, like the digital side is where I really get to hone in on being a, a creative myself and right and really like drink my own Kool-Aid um, because I want to make sure I'm staying relevant in the creator economy, that I'm serving creators, but also creating myself. And I'm creating I've got a podcast. I've got my own YouTube channel. Um, I create a lot of short form on Instagram and I try to add that on TikTok and YouTube shorts, but mainly it goes from Instagram out from there. Um, and that's really a, a chance for me to develop um, uh, understanding what's going on and everything from using trending audio to how are people storytelling? How are you engaging with your community? How are you making sure that you're serving them um, and adding value and balancing that art, which, um, which is, yeah, is a really fun, interesting challenge. And then that leads to digital products and resources, right? Um, and that's where I can help people. And it's a more scalable side of my business because there's only so much that I can bill. There's only so many clients I can help and be their lawyer. And then I'm, and I'm tapped out. Right. Um, but I can sell contract templates, you know, I can sell and let people, 
get their privacy policies and get a sponsorship deal. Um, and a lot of these like basic contracts that people just need to move forward and like have a model release so that all the people that are in their video can be covered. Like those are the kind of things that I sell in my shop. And, um, and that allow really allows people to have like a solution that's at a better price point and it's a scalable part of my model. And so, um, for me creatively, that's, that's where I'm looking to go to is how can I better serve that art? And so I'm always on the lookout for other people who are especially in the business to business education. Right. Um, and who are doing that well, because, um, you know, it's fun to watch other creators, but I'm like, you know, I, I'm not going to ever have, you know, as cute a content of that. Like, you know, how do I make, uh, you know, information about IRS changes next year? Interesting. That that's my challenge. Um, uh, but hard. it's someone, right. We all have it. I, I mean, I have I'm social media marketing. I totally understand your pain. Right? <laughs> It's it's hard and very underappreciated. That is very much for sure. I know things were getting really good over in our interview, but I want to take a minute to remind you that we now have a new home for the Women of Video community. You can head over to Patreon right now, and we have the link in our show notes that you can go find it there, where we're going to be able to have after show information, we're going to have chats, we're going to have information, and just come together to answer questions and connect and support each other as creators. This whole creator thing can be really confusing and can be really lonely. So let's come together to support each other like the badass women that we are. Head over to patreon.com forward women a video to get started now. So, all right. Well, I would love any advice that you have for our, our creators and like what they can do to make good choices as creators and what they should keep doing, um, mm -hmm. to just keep them inspiring. Like, and, and, and on a good note, a good place, a good thing to be. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I always talk to people cause when I do a lot of like workshops or educating, um, uh, you know, sometimes you know, I dive into a lot of like legal information and people can get overwhelmed um, and they can even get like be stuck in fear or like I call it like paralysis analysis. Right. Um, and I'm like, that's not a healthy place to be. Um, and so I just want to remind people that being a creator and especially being a creator business is about balancing risk and being in a healthy place. Um, and, you know, some of my clients, I call it like a continuum of risk because some of my clients and creators are like base jumping without a parachute. They are like, go, go, go. They're like, I'm going to launch it. I'm going to name my course this thing. I'm going to get into business. And you know, it's no contracts, nothing in writing, everything over conversations, like nothing written down. Um, and it's not to say that everything will go wrong, but it's just a risky way to run your business. Um, and then I have people on the opposite end of the spectrum and neither of these extremes is healthy, by the way, um, opposite end of the spectrum who are like my nervous Nellies and they come to me and they're like, I have an idea and I want to get it trademarked. And I'm like, okay, have you tested that branding yet? Is it resonating with your audience? Have you, um, have you even launched like a beta program or anything? And they're like, no, I haven't done any of that, but they want to invest three grand on a trademark. And I honestly try to talk them out of it. Cause I'm like, I don't know if you're ready yet. Like maybe we do a search and we see if it's available, but you don't even know if this branding hits. You don't even know if this is what you want your course or your program and your membership or your channel to be named, right? Um, let's let's do a little bit more testing and, and figuring out. And so there's a healthy place in the middle that's like, this is like my, my Zen, you know, like yogi, creative entrepreneur. And she is confident um, that there are tools she can use to protect ourselves, but she is not going to live in fear, right? She's going to like say, hey, imposter syndrome, fear, whatever you want to call it. You can ride shotgun, but you're not going to drive the car. I'm the business owner. I'm in charge. Um, and I'm going to approach this uh, with an abundant mindset that I believe in the world. I believe in people. I'm going to trust, but verify. And that is a healthy place to be and to respect mm -hmm. the business side, you know, and, and for legal specifically, which is what I can speak to, obviously, 
It means try to be proactive, right? It means take your vitamins and go to the doctor instead of waiting to go to the ER, okay? Because the ER is stressful and expensive and it's the same with legal, right? If you do nothing, um, then you know don't be surprised if you get that cease and desist or you get that charge back or you get clients that, um, that screw you over, right? Um, and take your content or that rip you off or that don't pay a huge bill um, and you didn't have you know some payment milestones along the way right um, and it's and it's and it's hard and it sucks and I'll be there for you and call me if you get in that spot but I love to help people along the way so that that's not where that's not their only option is to be sitting in there because our, our funnel of options has gotten way more limited and more expensive so well thank you so much for sharing your advice your journey all the things that you are doing it's so truly amazing. I am so grateful we have the show notes to where you can go follow Brittany for all of your creator legal advice as well over in our show notes at womeninvideo.com. And remember you and everyone listening are impossibly amazing. Until next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts. 